Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sid and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hey, Sim, how's it going? Hey, Sonia, it's been a whole week. It's been too long. As if we don't talk every day. Do we talk every day? We do, don't we? I send you motivational quotes and like, hey girl, you're killing it and you just rile me up. Sonia sends me quotes like, being productive is not a personality trait. (laughs) Stay tuned for an episode on burnout in the near future. So today we're diving into investing fees, which I'm actually super excited to talk about because I think it's one of the most frequently asked questions that we get on what are investing fees, what investing fees are good, what to look out for, and for good reason. I think it can seem overwhelming, you know, deciding between micro-investing platforms what you're going to go with because that is predominantly dependent on the fees that you might have to pay on the platform. So today we're going to give you a breakdown of what to look out for. I'm really excited to talk about Because if you are a long-term investor like me and Sonia, fees really do rack up over time and they can be the difference between having a million-dollar portfolio and having something that isn't what you expected it to be. And that's why we want to make the subject that might seem a little bit boring, might feel a little bit tedious, fun and fresh and hopefully something that you can take away from with some actionable steps because we love actionable steps. So without further ado, Sonia, do you want to take it away? Okay, so before we dive into breaking down the different types of fees, I did want to start off with a little bit of context and why fees exist in the first place. There's actually a few different reasons why fees exist. It's not just to screw the person over, I'm kidding, but one of them would be they contribute to running the actual operations of that business. So with everyday investors, we go through micro-investing platforms. They're literally giving us a platform for us to invest in. So like any business, they will have operating costs to run said business. And operating costs will be to pay employees' wages or the office or just their time or the website that they host the micro-investing platform on. It literally could just be anything that they do to have the business be functional. So fees help pay that, but also they help pay for like government taxes and any fees that they have to pay to authorities or international laws for everyday users to buy the investments. Another reason um, fees exist uh, for paying, you know, the government and taxes and international laws because there's fees for them too and us paying fees to invest, it helps them pay their bills, which is fun and fresh. Now, the important thing to note is that different types of investments and different types of accounts, they'll have different types of fees. Makes sense. Take a shot every time Sonia says type. And absolutely, honestly, we could turn this into a game. People would get poisoning from that. (laughs) I just love supportive co-hosts. I'm really here for this friendship and light energy. (laughs) 
of no roasting. Anywho, so to echo what Sim said at the beginning in terms of how fees can actually screw you over if you're not careful or if you don't do at least that slight bit of research, imagine you have $100,000 invested, which is it's a great amount. Well done, sis. Well done for investing $100,000. Now, if that account earned 6% a year for the next 25 years and had no costs or fees, you'd end up with about 430 grand. If, on the other hand, you pay 2% a year in costs, after 25 years, you only have about 260000 which, compared to the 430 that we spoke about, doesn't sound that great. 2% a year? Like, when you see that number when you're, like, signing up for an account, you're like, oh, yeah, 2%. Like, that's not a huge number. It's not 20%. But that 2% every year wipes out almost 40% of your final investment value. Like, if I was to say 40% is what's on the table, suddenly fees matter, right? So when you start your investing journey and you're like, okay, I want to buy shares of like Apple or I want to buy an investing index fund, you have to pay fees in sort of multiple different ways through that journey. So it's not just, I want to buy one share of Apple and I pay a dollar for that fee as a fee. There are different things to take into account, and so we'll go through that today. There's about six fees to take into consideration. You won't always get charged all six of them, depending on which company you are investing with. So, for example, if you're with like Robinhood or if you're with Sharesies, they'll both have their own structure, and therefore not all of them will be charging the same kind of fees, which is why this episode is important. The first one to take into consideration is a foreign exchange fee. So if you're from New Zealand, like us, and you want to invest in an American share, if the share is $50 and you want to put in like 60 New Zealand dollars, you have to pay an exchange fee for your New Zealand dollars to be converted to US dollars, and then that US dollar is used to buy the share. So the foreign exchange fee like before you even get to buy the investment you have to pay a little bit of money for your money to change into the company currency that you want to buy so that is foreign exchange fee it's pretty simple to give you a rough idea of how much you can expect to pay it's about 0.5 percent i think sometimes some brokers will charge you one percent which that kind of summarizes the first type of fee And the second type of investing fee to look out for is what we call a subscription fee or an ongoing fee. Now, this isn't common among all investing or trading platforms. Some of them will do this, some of them won't. And the idea is that you sign up to have an account and to have an account and to have money invested with the company that you're investing with, they charge you a little bit every year just to use their services. So even if you only buy you know, one share once a year, or if you buy shares every single week, it doesn't matter. You still pay almost like a monthly subscription or a yearly subscription, which isn't usually too high. Like you're probably looking at under a hundred dollars, give or take. So that's a subscription fee. And then completely separate to that fee, you've got management fees. Now, I just want to make this clear. This is not money going to the broker that you're investing with. For example, if you're with Sharesies or Robinhood, they're not taking this money. This is 
money that is going to the actual fund itself that you're investing in. A really common example is Vanguard. So Vanguard funds to manage even having the funds existing in the first place. They charge a little fee, which is probably the lowest percentage fees that you will find in the sort of realm of funds. I would probably say that the S&P 500 um, ETF with Vanguard, the VOO, has a fund fee of like 0.04%, which is very small. It's probably one of the lowest fees like out there in the market. And the lower the management fee, the better. The reason why Vanguard fees are so low is because they believe in passive investing. So it's not people that are choosing what companies go in this fund that you're investing in. It's just computers. You don't really have to pay computers a living wage. So that's why they're so low. So quick little recap, because this can get a little bit confusing. There is a subscription fee, which you're giving to the company that you're investing through. But then there's management fees for the funds that you're actually buying, which don't go to that company. They go straight to the managers who create the fund in the first place. The fourth type of fee is then performance fees. Performance fees are only things that come about when you are investing actively. So before I was talking about passive investments, active investments are you actually have a person sitting there in a chair choosing the funds for you to invest in and therefore, you know, they're a human, they absolutely need to be paid a salary and so therefore what some companies do is if your investment does really well or even if it doesn't, they take a cut, usually say 1% or 2% or 3% of your entire performance or your entire portfolio. If you're not investing in actively managed funds, then performance fees are nothing that you have to worry about. And then we've got the biggest thing to consider. This is if you are an investor starting out, you're probably going to come across brokerage fees. And so Sonia is going to tell us a little bit about that. So a brokerage fee is charged by a broker to make transactions or provide certain types of services. And there's a few reasons why brokers charge fees in the first place. One everybody got to get paid in this situation. So they're doing work for you and there's different types of brokers. So Sim and I just talked about this and we've established that it's probably worth going through the two main types of brokers. So one is a full service broker and the other is a discount broker. Now a full service broker, they're going to do your research for you. They're going to do retirement planning. They're going to give you tips. They're going to do some analysis of stocks, especially for different types of funds that you might be putting into. They also can be known as a portfolio manager. And of course, because they're doing the good work for you, their fees might be a little bit higher compared to a discount broker who essentially they don't do that research side of things and it's more for trading fees for online so for micro investing platforms for the everyday investor you're mostly going to come across paying brokerage fees for discount brokers in terms of how they work again it can work in a few different types of ways probably the most common one is transactional so every time you buy a share or every time you put into an investment if you've got an auto investment set up there's probably a transaction fee. And in terms of the actual fee itself, it can range from a few dollars. So a few dollars to $50 per share. So if you're investing small amounts, this is something you'd probably want to 
consider. So for example, a $50 transaction fee on a $5,000 investment is about 1% compared to a $50 transaction fee on a $50,000 investment is only 0.10%, which is minimal. Does that example hit or nah? Yeah, so if you were like buying one share of Apple and just say Apple was like $100, suddenly a $50 transaction fee is like half of it versus if you bought like a lot of shares, then it gets smaller. So the idea would be that if you are investing with a platform that had a high brokerage fee per transaction, it wouldn't really be wise to invest like little bits of money every single time and you're probably better off doing like larger lumps. You're exactly right. So high brokerage fees are probably more better suited for large lump sums. Instead of like setting up an auto invest and you've got like a $50 transaction fee for Apple, for example, and you're putting in every month and it's just not going to, it's just not going to balance out, you know? And then the last type of fee, so bear in mind the six altogether is exit fees. Now, not every type of investing platform will have exit fees, but they're essentially sometimes a lump sum, sometimes a percentage of your investment that you have to pay the broker when you pull your money out. And the reason why it's important to consider exit fees is right now 1%, like if it was a 1% exit fee, that doesn't feel like a lot when you're only investing a grand because you're like, okay, and what? But what happens when you're 65, you have been an amazing investor, you've listened to girls that invest religiously, you've got a million dollars, and now 1% is going to be a much larger chunk of money. So in that case, the flat fee exit fees are better than percentage because you kind of know what you're going to be paying. Sweet. So now that you've got a little bit more understanding of the different types of fees to look out for, in terms of where you can actually find the information on particular websites, it's honestly as easy as Googling the name of the platform that you're looking into or the account that you're looking into and fees and pricing should come up in the first, I would say, five searches on Google. Good companies who are following best practice they're always going to be transparent with you in terms of their fees and they make information easy to find. You shouldn't have to hunt for what you might have to pay for on a website. In my head, that is a red flag or if they take too long to respond, if you're questioning them directly, I would question it. Absolutely. Anyone that is not making it up front and like, hey, this is how much we charge. This is an example of what it would look like if you invested with us. Like, Clearly, there's a reason they don't want you to know how much they charge. Exactly. And you can never be too careful when it comes to that stuff. I feel like most people get a gut instinct that something's not adding up. Trust yourself. Absolutely. So in summary, this was quite a content-heavy episode. There were a few things to take away, but I think the key message that when you're listening to this at home the key message that we want you to take away from this is the idea that there's going to be a few different fees that you will come across when you choose how to invest. And it absolutely does matter because like we were saying, a 2% fee that you don't have to be paying can end up taking 
and wiping out 40% of your final portfolio when it comes to living your best life and having that money to do what you want it to do. The types of fees that you'd look out for are the foreign exchange fees, the subscription fees or ongoing fees, your management fees, either the ones that you come across in a passive index fund, but also performance fees for when you're investing in active funds. You've also got brokerage fees. And like Sonia was saying, that can be more commonly associated with when you're investing in micro platforms, you've got to pay either like $5 a share or $50 a share, and that can really add up over time. And then you've also got exit fees. So when you leave, you might have to, you know, give them a little bit or a huge bit of your portfolio. So absolutely worth your time looking into how much you're paying and if you can get a better deal elsewhere. That was a beautiful summary, Sis. Love your work. So before we go, just to plug in our cute wee Facebook group, which now has over 2K members, which is so exciting to see. It's starting to become a little bit more active. So definitely go ahead and join and get and share the knowledge and get advice from our like-minded community. It's so heartwarming to see everyone be so willing to give info and help each other out. Also follow us on the gram. We are at Girls That Invest and the time of this video the time of this episode we're just sitting over 45k which is huge and don't forget to leave us a review on apple podcasts because it genuinely helps us be better and do better and your feedback always means a lot now before we go disclaimer girls that invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs we are not financial advisors The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Right, till next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sim. Bye.